The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her home as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Well, this is not your typical Christmas story. The first thing I want you to notice is how radically different the Gospel of Matthew tells the story of Jesus' birth. The Gospel of Luke's version, which we'll hear on Christmas Eve, is pretty much what everyone thinks of when they remember the story of Jesus's birth. Think about all of the things that we get from Luke's version that are missing in what we just heard in Matthew. What we heard in Matthew, there's no census, there's no trip to Bethlehem, there's no manger, there's no inn, there's no shepherds, there's no angels, there's no stable, there's no animals, nothing. All of those things that we associate with the classic Christmas story of Jesus' birth are not in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel is the least Christmassy Gospel, except for Mark, which leaves the birth narrative out completely. Oh, and also John doesn't have one either, which I don't want to burst your bubble this close to Christmas, but... Our associations with Christmas are sometimes more about sentimentalism than anything. Here's the point I want you to consider. Three out of the four gospel narratives don't have baby Jesus lying in a manger. Everything we automatically think about Christmas is only based on 25% of the gospels. So the question is, why do we make such a big deal about Christmas? Now... I want to say, I'm not trying to be a Grinch here, I promise, but think about this. Why do we make Christmas this all-encompassing holiday if the only ink the writer of Matthew thought it was worth was she had a son, they called him Jesus? Because that's basically all he says about it. If anything, the gospel according to Matthew gives us more of Joseph's perspective. So let's consider Joseph. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Imagine that you're engaged to be married and you and your soon-to-be spouse don't live together and mysteriously one day they become pregnant. 
Would you stick around? Joseph had no idea what he was getting into when he became engaged to Mary. When Mary wound up pregnant, the only rational assumption he could make was that she had been with someone else. But rather than seeking revenge by exposing her to public disgrace, he planned to break off the engagement quietly to preserve her reputation as best he could without actually marrying her. Marrying her probably seemed off the table, not only because she appeared to have been with someone else, but also she seemed to have broken his trust. And then an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream to say that his very logical suspicions were not true and that marrying her was exactly what he should do. Joseph obeyed the angel and married her. Now, Joseph did have another option. Joseph's dilemma was something that the Jewish people had a plan for. There was already a prescribed way to handle this. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 22. It says, if there is a young woman, a virgin already engaged to be married, and a man meets her in the town and lies with her, you shall bring both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. This was a clear option that Joseph could take. This was the law of Moses, handed down from generation to generation. If Joseph Joseph wanted to be righteous, if he wanted to be seen as good and right and respectable, this is what he had to do. But Joseph didn't want to handle it that way. Joseph had to overcome his feelings of doubt and betrayal, confusion, disappointment, and the stigma. At first, he decides to dump Mary because that was also an option that could help him appear to be righteous. Later, he comes to understand that righteousness is more than rigidly following the law. Righteousness is trusting God. Sometimes doing the right thing means listening to other people. Other times, it requires us to forge ahead, regardless of what others may think. Joseph may have been concerned with appearing righteous, but he wasn't going to follow these rules. Following the rules would have meant killing Mary. Sometimes what makes you righteous is breaking the rules. For Joseph, offering mercy and compassion was the more righteous rule worth following. Something occurred to me as I was preparing for this message And I'm sure it's something that I've considered before, but for whatever reason, maybe it's just the place and the time of year that I'm in, uh, the stage of life. Something about Joseph jumped out at me and grabbed me. Joseph was an adoptive dad. Joseph decided to stay and raise a child that was not his biologically. Now, I know not everyone has the same experience, but perhaps one of you also are adoptive parents. 
And there's something about choosing to raise a child that is not yours by birth. A child that didn't belong to you. But you opened yourself up and gave them a family and a home. I realized Joseph was an adoptive dad, just like me, perhaps like you. And by opening himself up to being an adoptive dad, Joseph taught Jesus something about love. The love God has for you is the love Jesus that Joseph had for Jesus. I'd like to think that I've taught my kids something about love by choosing to be their father. It takes courage to offer someone love instead of following all the rules. Jesus would grow to be rooted in love. He taught about love, loving God, loving your neighbor, even loving your enemies. I'd like to think that Jesus learned that love from Joseph when he chose to to be his dad. Amen.